that's the great thing. I mean, so many of these, in fact, all of these congregations have, you know, local histories behind them, some of which span centuries. So even if you're not into apple cake or, you know, whatever it is on the list, um, the history, the architecture, it's a fantastic experience. Hannah Raskin is the author of The Food Section, an independent newsletter taking a deep look at food across the South. This weekend, she's helping host the Spirited Brunch downtown. And today, she's my guest. Welcome to Now Charleston. I'm Sam Spence. It's Friday, May 13th. Now Charleston takes a look at a handful of issues three times a week and tells you why they're important. I've got a few headlines for you on this Friday the 13th, and then we'll head to that interview with Hannah. Guess which proposal was revived and passed at the last second before the end of the legislative session on Wednesday? What to know about this weekend's full lunar eclipse? And I got to ride one of the new bike share bikes. I'll tell you all about it. Those stories in my interview with Hannah Raskin, starting now. All right, good news. You won't hear much more about the legislature on Now Charleston because they mostly called it quits for the year on Thursday. Uh, they could still return for a special session to legislate abortion rules if Roe versus Wade is overturned later this year. Um, but for everything else, they're pretty much done. Uh, one item did actually get revived yesterday, though, uh, on the second to last day of session, surprisingly. Um, South Carolina may actually have early voting for this summer's primaries and the general election in November. If you remember the bill uh, to kind of reform election rules and add in two weeks of early voting um, was shelved for a little bit over the past couple weeks uh, as senators and House reps kind of had a stalemate. They're kind of playing chicken over some of the rules that were sticking points to both chambers. Um, But they hashed out those um, differences and quickly passed a tweaked version on Wednesday that will allow for two weeks of real early voting Monday through Saturday, uh, potentially as soon as the June 14th primaries next month. Bill needs Governor Henry McMaster's signature, but he says he's supportive. It's been about four years since the last total lunar eclipse uh, visible on the East Coast, but Sunday night is your next chance to see one. Uh, Starting at about 9.30 on Sunday, uh, a reddish shadow will start to be cast across the moon. um, It'll continue um, in varying stages until about 2.50 a.m. on Monday morning, uh, when it will all be over. Um, The peak full eclipse will last from about 11.30 to uh, 12.53 a.m. Now, check it out because it'll be the last one until 2025. Just a heads up that the brand new bike share bikes are on the road downtown in Charleston. Um, the new bikes by Lime are pedal assisted. So that means when you start pedaling, a battery powered motor in the wheels uh, starts kind of helping you along. Um, the bikes are stationed around the peninsula, uh, but don't require a locking bolt like the old bikes if you use those. So making that part of it a little bit easier. Um, the whole thing is managed through the Lime app, which is way easier and smoother to use than the old bikes app. Um, It has the same look and feel as Uber, which makes sense because Uber is a big investor in Lime. Uh, I tried one out yesterday. Um, The biggest difference is the motor. Uh, The motor is definitely cool and it helps keep you going in traffic, but it's a little tricky if you've never used a bike with a motor before, uh, especially when you're getting started. Um, I usually just kind of hop on a bike and, and just kind of coast for a little bit and wobble into traffic, not out of control, just kind of, you know, leisurely. Um... But with the new bikes, as soon as you push the pedals, the motor kicks in at varying levels, um, which is fine if you know how to use it. But if you're not expecting it, um, if you're expecting to kind of just flop around on the handlebars for a little bit and ease into traffic, um, that motor makes you pay attention real quick. So just a word of the wise on that. 
Um, the bikes are new, so they ride really easy right now. And like I said, there's no lock built into the bikes, which means you don't really need those lockup stations that were kind of scattered all over the peninsula uh, before. The bikes are still stationed at those uh, when they get dropped off by Lime, but you don't have to drop them off there. Um, you can pretty much leave them anywhere. Uh, there's a kickstand. You take a picture of your bike when you're done. That's it. Uh, you do get a discount if on your next ride if you leave them at the one of the hubs. Um, but I predict some issues pretty quickly with these dockless bikes. Uh, with people, I've already seen pictures of people leaving them on sidewalks on King Street and stuff like that. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, they're fun though, so check them out next time you're downtown. Um, right now on the app, it's saying that rides under ten minutes are free. So I don't know how long that'll last, but um, you know you can kind of get a lot of places downtown for in 10 minutes. So, um, worth checking out. If you've lived in Charleston for any amount of time, you know who Hannah Raskin is. Hannah Raskin is the former food critic and writer for the Post and Courier. She's been honored by the James Beard Foundation and the Association for Food Journalists. And last summer, after departing the Post and Courier, Hannah launched the Food Section, a Substack newsletter focusing on food in the American South. This Sunday, she's bringing back an event she started while at the newspaper, the Spirited Brunch. Hannah Raskin, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Uh, most people probably know you from your time at the Post and Courier as the chief critic there, um, but you've been working on a new project now for a little bit more than six months. So tell us a little bit about the food section. Right. So I launched the food section in September uh, with the help of a grant from Substack, which your listeners probably know is mm -hmm. a newsletter platform, um, putting it out twice a week. And it is an attempt to do for Charleston, its food scene, um, to do that for the South at large. So I'm covering yeah. the entirety of the American South food, drink, culture, and all that that entails. Cool. And, and so there, it publishes three times a week, right? And yep. then there's two, there's one, uh, kind of free digest version and there's two for the paid subscribers, right? Right. So and, if you subscribe, yeah. if you don't pay, what you get is basically an ad. Uh, telling you to pay because yeah, on yeah, Friday, but yeah, I, yeah. exactly get a yeah. lecture. But if you want the real stuff, the original independent food journalism, that all goes out Mondays, Wednesdays. So, what kind of stories have you covered so far? What can people expect if they do pony up and, and get on the paid side of things? Uh, yeah, so I mean, what we're looking at, as I said, is the South at large. So sometimes there's some hyper specific stories, like I wrote about the demise of Arc Mex, which is a regional cuisine that's little known outside Arkansas. And then some of the stories are applicable to everybody, like I just wrote about you know, delivery drones for food mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't recommend the yeah. food section enough. I, I, full disclosure, I am a paid subscriber. <laughs> Disclose um, away. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it'll, and Hannah kind of says up front that she wants to make people more curious about what they're eating and kind of what they decide to eat. And, and it'll definitely do that. It kind of makes you think more about the places you go to eat and why they're there and where they are. And yeah. You know. And I mean, I should say for your listeners, I do throw in reviews once in a while, mm -hmm. certainly places that are getting attention, but you're right. I mean, my primary goal is just to get people to do their own thinking. So. And it'll be reviews of, of kind of some higher profile new places. Um, like I'm from Charlotte and mm -hmm. you mentioned Supperland recently and that's yeah. not super new, but right. it's a, it's a popular place in Charlotte. Um, but also some kind of lesser known places. And that's the whole point, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where yeah. I did that roundup of like old school steakhouses around mm -hmm. the South. So yeah, I, I try and get a, a good balance in there. Yeah. 
But this Sunday, this you Sunday. are back with an old favorite event that started back during your Post and Courier days. Um, tell us a little bit about the Spirited Brunch and kind of why it got started in, yeah. in 2017. In 2017 okay. was the yeah. first year. So it's an annual event, but one that was suspended for the pandemic, like so many. So we're really excited to be back this Sunday. And the we in this instance is me and Elijah Siegler, who's a religious studies professor at the College of Charleston. He and I kind of, I came to him, a friend of mine, with this idea saying, boy, we sure have a lot of churches and other holy places here in the holy city, as they say. And I have no idea what goes on in those places. Um, Even though, you know, most uh, religious organizations say that they're warm and welcoming, Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of gall, I think, to walk into one, you know, if you don't, if you're not a member of the community. And so my thought was, look, why don't we ask them on one springtime Sunday uh, for three hours, just a whole kind of an open house. And the theme was food. So the idea is we asked each participating congregation to serve a snack uh, representative of their faith or community tradition, just something that would get people a little bit, uh, will give people an understanding of what it is they do. And just kind of for a taste of what is on offer this Sunday. So you've got everything from uh, Circular Church downtown is doing Moravian buns. Um, the Baha'i community is serving uh, fruit, which is kind of a tradition in their culture. Uh, and then you've got the, the mosque is serving uh, semolina cake, uh, syrup-soaked semolina cake. Uh, and a bunch of a bunch of different things. It kind of spans the gamut. It really yeah. does. And I'm glad you mentioned um, the Baha'i community because two things about that group that always stuck with me. One is that in the first couple of years of the Spirited Brunch, they only served water, which it was because any other food would have a cultural association and oneness is core to the beliefs in mm-hmm. Baha'i. And I mean, I think when I was in middle school, maybe I read a textbook about the Baha'i faith, but their pouring water um, meant more to me. You know, like now I have some understandings. So. Well, and I think most people probably, or a lot of people anyway, probably have no idea Baha'i's connection to Charleston. You know? Oh so, my gosh, yeah. And, and so the, like all these kind of have a um, built-in other layer of education of why you're it, going to these places. That's the yeah. great thing. I mean, yeah. so many of these, in fact, all of these congregations have, you know, local histories behind them, some of which span centuries. So even if you're not into apple cake or, you know, whatever it is mm-hmm. on the list, um, the history, the architecture, it's a fantastic experience. Yeah. So it's this Sunday. It's free, free. right? Uh, and even the food section digest of everything on the Spirited Brunch is also free. <laughs> uh, how many places of worship are involved this year? I believe we are at 15 or 16 um, on Peninsula locations. We've also started setting up a space at yeah. the College of Charleston okay, yeah. where, mm-hmm. because as we know, a lot of startup congregations, uh, like startup anything, can't afford downtown rent. So mm-hmm. in order to really reflect the diversity and vibrancy of the faith communities here in the Charleston area, um, we invite those people in to kind of table. So that's where the Hindu temple is. That's where the new Sikh Gurdwara is. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, in places too that just, uh, even if they could afford downtown, they're yeah. not, they're not situated downtown. No, that's where exactly. The right. yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. Not yeah. Where yeah. that's not where their yeah. congregation is. Yeah. So exactly. And yeah. it's designed to be self-guided a way you can kind of get around downtown by foot, uh, on your bike, driving, whatever, you know, um, is there a suggested plan of attack, you think, or a strategy? No, yeah. I would say, yeah. like, take a look at the online map beforehand so you have some idea because we do, um, we've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people come in the past. And what that means is when you get to that last hour, places run out of food. So sure. if there's something mm-hmm. you want most, go there first. Um, and that may be the only place you go. We have people who go to one place. We have people that try and hit them all. It's totally up to you, and you don't need to tell anyone you're coming. Just 
look for the green spirited brunch signs. They'll be all over downtown on Sunday. And you mentioned it. There is a little bit of like uh, inertia to walk into a, a new place of worship like that. Even if you are religious, like you might go to your one church and that's the only one, you know, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think because religion is so much about, you know, ritual and, you know, and what's, what's accepted, what's not accepted. People feel very nervous. And, and honestly, look, a lot of people don't have great experiences with religion, sure. whether, you know, as a kid, they have bad experiences or their political beliefs don't align with what they associate religion with now. So we just really want to be clear that nothing about this is proselytizing. This is really not so much about theology as it is about these communities getting to know our neighbors. Yeah. And you've got every kind of uh, denomination you could ask for too. You've got the Unitarians, you've got the Congregationalists, you know, um, the the Christian scientists are involved too. And and then all the non-Christian, I guess, uh, yeah, Places absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's going back to the Baha'i for a moment. It's really mm-hmm. interesting. As you said, the Baha'i community is serving fruit and so is the conservative Jewish community for a totally different reason, yeah. which I think is what's, you know, I mean, they're serving it because they have Zionist inclinations, which mm-hmm. is fine. That's their thing, you know, and I mm-hmm. just think it's interesting to look at these varied interpretations and how food reflects them. The bonus of all this, too, is that um, every stop at these some of these small kind of modest churches that you would never go to or you might notice they're like on your route, but, and you, then you look them up on, you know, Google when you're going there, like, yeah, it's been there the whole time and you know it, but you don't see it every time you go by. Right. And a lot of these have really ornate architecture inside yes. that you would never see right. unless you walk in. Uh, if yeah. you, if, if, if you haven't been to the Greek Orthodox church, mm-hmm. that is absolutely worth the visit. Um, because you know, their tradition is different that they do representation visually, which would not be what you would do in Islam or many, you know, Christian traditions. So it is a stunning sight if you haven't been there. And, you know, you've got kind of big uh, churches like the Greek mm-hmm. uh, Orthodox Church, but then like St. Mark's uh, downtown is is very small. It's on a corner. It's very modest, but it's like a, um, it's supposed to, you can tell it's supposed to be an important building with like the temple front. Yes. The inside is is not over the top, but it's it's nice. And it's like something you would never see unless you or have the occasion to go there for yeah, something like this. You know? exactly, exactly. And lots yeah. of these places, you say the congregations are small. I'm thinking about like St. Paul Missionary Baptist. They are never open unless they're having services, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't just wander in and look. So this is a, a really nice opportunity. So you sent your the full guide out to folks on Monday, and that's free. Yep. Um, and then today, we're talking on Wednesday, uh, you also sent out a kind of a digest of some recipes for yeah. folks who can't come on Sunday or aren't in Charleston. Tell us a little bit about why you decided to do recipes this year. Um, kind of in partnership with the actual event. Yeah, well, I decided to do it because now I have a readership that's not all in Charleston, so Mm -hmm. I wanted them to have some taste of that. And to think, too, I mean, cookbooks have been so core to churches and other houses of worship over the years. I think, I know it's at least half of our houses of worship have a cookbook for sale. So this sort of, you know, reflects where those traditions have been enshrined in in that format. So, and I will say, I think my, uh, my mother saw that one of those came from the synagogue cookbook and mm-hmm. she asked me to please buy her a copy, <laughs> which I will do. There you go. Yeah. 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 All right. So give us the rundown. It's, it's free on Sunday. When can people start showing up and, and how does it, when does it end? Yep. Great question. So it runs, we've asked every um, site to be open from 1230 to 330. So again, you can stay for part of it. You can come for the whole time, 1230 to 330, uh, totally free. The information is online at thefoodsection.substack.com. So you can get oriented there. If you are a paid subscriber, additionally, we're having a little um, pre-party at Basic Kitchen, which is uh, just down the street from where kind of the central event hub is. So you'll find more information about that on the site as well. Um, We're just excited for a really fun Sunday.
Yeah, and it's been, you haven't had it for the past two years, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's great, great to have it back. So I would be not doing my job if I didn't ask a restaurant critic what they are enjoying in Charleston right now. So what are you eating in Charleston right now that's good and kind of what stands out for you right now? So, I mean, I think one of the things I'm really excited about is, you know, since we are in Park Circle right now, I moved to Park Circle uh, just a few months back. Um, and so in this, in in the spirit of spirited brunch. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been fun to see what I can eat here on Sunday mornings. Um, I'm really excited about, um, what Raul is doing, Mm -hmm. um, for brunch on Sundays. I think that's emerged as kind of my favorite. Um, and that's Maya del Sol on Reynolds, on Reynolds, Reynolds, which is just a a killer brunch. I mean, it's, I think it's like, I'd be the best diner breakfast going on. And it's, uh, it's very personal to Raul kind of, uh, he's kind of bounced around in different places, but he also worked at our kitchen for a while, which is kind of like a, a pseudo chef's table type setup. And so he is into the like one-on-one interaction, but my adult soul is a little bit uh, more traditional restaurant style. They do do the chef's table, but you can also pop in for brunch on Sunday. Yeah. Brunch yeah. is great there. And also at Jackrabbit Philly, what they've been doing with their mm-hmm. brunches. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a big Sunday morning fan. Yeah. Yeah. We were at um, Jackrabbit on Sunday for awesome. their dim sum brunch. Yeah. yeah. The dim sum yeah. is great. Yeah. Uh, so Let's plug it one more time. Where can folks sign up? Uh, even if they can't come to the Spirited Brunch, where can folks learn more and sign up about the food section? The food section.substack.com. And if they forget all that and they know my name, any find me anywhere on social media, we'll get you all set up. Great. And like I said, I can't recommend the food section enough. Like it gives you ideas of what to look for in places like Charleston, but also if you're traveling and a lot of us have excuses to kind of drive to all these kind of driving distant cities um, and you can get some ideas to of places to go there too. So yeah, yeah, thank you, Sam. I really appreciate it. Of course. Um, thanks for joining me, Hannah. Thank you. That's all I've got for you today. If you have feedback for the show, you can leave a voice message at 843-474-1319 or email Sam at nowcharleston.com. You can rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. And that's a big help. Go ahead, leave me a review. I appreciate it. And as always, check nowcharleston.com for links and notes from today's show. Be sure to follow twitter.com slash nowcharleston and instagram.com slash nowcharleston for updates. Thanks for listening. I'll be back on Monday with the next Now Charleston.